Now I want us to turn our Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. And this morning we're going to look at verses 16 through 26. I'm going to read it for us real quick. And then we'll come back and kind of look at this scripture in very close detail uh, this morning. So let's read this morning in uh, verse chapter 5 of Galatians verses 16 through 26. The title of our message this morning is Spirit Led. And it's going into our series of talking about uh, just really grace, grace to you and understanding what God's grace is as Paul is writing this book to the Galatian church. In verse 16 it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, and you are not under the law, now the works you are not under the law, excuse me. Uh, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh, flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, we let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I want to pray for us again. And as we get back to verse 16, let's pray. Lord God, we love you. We praise you. Again, we thank you so much, Lord God, for who you are. Thank you again for our time of worship, allowing us to just celebrate who you are and your goodness, Lord God, and all those promises that we just sang about, Lord God. I pray that we would not only remember those, but we would apply it to our everyday lives. Lord God, again, thank you for our church and thank you for our people, Lord, and what you're doing in and through our lives. Challenge us this morning, Lord God. Thank you for how you've worked these scriptures over in my life this week and how you've shown me so much truth through them. Lord God, I pray that during this time, these next 30 minutes, Lord God, we'd really be able to look and examine this script, these scriptures closely. And that it would challenge us and that it would really move us forward, Lord God, in our everyday walk. Again, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, we've been going through this study, talk, going through the book of Galatians, understanding that Paul... When he, you know, when Paul was uh, converted uh, to understand who Christ was and he entered into a, a personal relationship with the Lord, Paul was a very religious person. He grew up, uh, I wouldn't just say just going to church, but it was, it was definitely part of his uh, everyday life. It was who he was, going to church, being that religious uh, person, but also even religious leader. The Bible tells us that, and Paul calls himself not only a Pharisee, one of the religious sect of the group in that time, but he was also a Pharisee of the Pharisees, meaning that he was one of the uh, in high ranking, as you would say, uh, uh, people uh, in the Pharisee, uh, Pharisee group. And so when he came to know the Lord and he was, he really entered into a personal relationship uh, with Christ, we understand that Paul begins to start us on these missionary journeys and establishes churches. And then as he has done that, then he goes and he begins to write back to some of these churches, uh, this group, this Galatian, uh, these Galatian uh, churches of Galatia, I should say, 
uh, was one of these churches that Paul writes back to, gives them some instruction as we've been seeing over the first several weeks when we were looking at the book of Galatians. The first few chapters was giving us some doctrinal issues. Now he's making it very practical, and that's what I wanted to do for us this morning. But as I was just really just going over it this week and allowing the Lord to really preach this sermon to me this week, I was reminded of how when Paul is writing this, let's not forget this. When Paul is writing this book, Paul is not perfected. Paul is, is a person that is, is going through this, the struggles that you and I go through. Paul writes about this several times when he talks about the, the war between the spirit and the flesh that is every day in his own life. So Paul is not perfect. Now, when he writes this, this is through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It is uh, not only just inspired, as I was thinking about that this week, it, it's not just like Disney inspired. They talk about the, this story is, is a Disney movie and it's inspired uh, by this true life story. And it just kind of highlights a couple things. But no, when we talk about inspired by God as far as his, the Word of God, it is God breathed. God used men who were just like you and me. But he instructed them to write this scripture. And so the scripture is perfect. But as Paul is writing this, this is something that he is in the middle of in his own personal life. Yet the scripture is 100% true for us to look at today. I think about my personal life and I want you to think about yours. As you look at this scripture, how am I living my everyday life? I know for me, uh, believe it or not, but I've been a believer. I've been a person that has entered into a relationship with the Lord for over 30 years. And I think about my daily Daily struggle that I have with being in the spirit and versus going and doing what I want to do in the flesh. And so Paul, when he writes this, when he writes this uh, book, he is he is really laying it out there. But in this passage of scripture in 16 through 26, which we just read, and the reason I call it spirit led, because I really believe that's what Paul is talking to us about, wanting to show us. And to me, when I look at this, we'll look at a couple different things. I believe it's like a little mini letter that's inside of this letter letter because it has a good introduction that we'll look at right now and then it has two main paragraphs or main points uh, that we'll look at as far as the flesh and the spirit and then it kind of restates everything as kind of a closing uh, part of this even in just these verses and so uh, as we look at this and as like I said for me speaking of it I'm looking at my own personal life and I'm looking at my experiences and I say like Paul does in verse 16 as we'll look now I say then, Paul's saying, because I'm experiencing this and what God is showing me, here's what I have to say to you. And he says, I say then in verse 16, let's look at it clear. It says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. What does that mean for us? For us to really walk in the spirit. How can I do that? I can't just, uh, I have to, first of all, enter into a relationship with the Lord. I have to understand of who I am and how my shortcomings and knowing that I cannot have a personal relationship. Sinful Garen, sinful man, sinful woman cannot enter into a relationship with holy God because he is perfect. He's blameless. He's spotless. And so he has a plan for us, a free gift, you would say, as the Bible says, for us to enter into a relationship with Holy God. And that is through his son, Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed on our behalf. And when we receive that free gift, turn away from ourselves and enter into a relationship with us, uh, with him, the Bible tells us that we have now been baptized with the spirit of God. And so God's spirit now rests inside of you and I who are believers. And so now God has, uh, the Bible tells us, and it's kind of, it's kind of interesting for us to see this. Jesus tells us in the, in the New Testament, 
in the Gospels, it is better for me to go away, go back up to the Father and be on the right hand of the Father on your behalf and to send down this, my spirit into you as believers so that now whenever you go, whatever you do, you can have me with you, in you. And so that's what the spirit that he's talking about right here uh, in verse 16. He says, I want you to walk in this spirit. We'll get into more of what that walking is. But he's saying, I want you to follow this road. I want you to follow these steps. And I want you to be guided by my spirit, me, inside of you. And he says, when you do that in the positive, if you are walking in the spirit, he tells you in the rest of the verse 16. And he says, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh, I want us to understand, is just our nature and it's who we are. It's, it's, like putting two, uh, it's like putting two kids in a room and you may have the same exact toy there for each one of them to share. And the one is going to not only want the one he has, but then when he sees what his brother or sister has or the other, other child in there has, he wants that one as well. It goes back to the, even the Garden of Eden. God tells them in the garden, you can have of any fruit, any tree of the of the Garden of Eden, except this one. This one is for me. And what does what does our nature do? What does Satan even tell them? in there in the Garden of Eden, you know, surely God didn't, uh, you know, surely God didn't mean for you not to take of this one. And that is the the one that God told them to stay away from is the one that they absolutely wanted. That was that you could see their lust of the flesh. That's what I want. I'm going to go after it. They did. And because of that, that's that separation. That is the flesh that we have each and every day of our lives is that we have this struggle to, to wanting to do what we want to do. And it's constant in uh, each and every part of our daily life. Verse 17, continuing on this introduction, he's talking to us to walk in the spirit. Do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then he goes on a little bit more detail in this introduction. He says, for the flesh will lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And he says, these two are contrary to one another. He said, it's a constant battle. He said, these two are, are constantly at war with each other. A trans, uh, ESV translation actually says it a little different, talking about just how they are just constantly going against each other uh, in, in their nature because the flesh is wanting to fulfill the things of, of who we are, our earthly desires and, and, and possessions. Rather, the spirit is wanting to do the things that God is wanting us to do, the best uh, for us. And verse 17 makes it very clear that the these two are contrary to one another. As I was just looking and understanding this battle and just looking at this this week, boy, it's so, it's so easy for us to do the things of the flesh. It's so easy for us to just, you know what, it's very difficult for me to do the things of the Spirit and do figure out what God wants in and through my life. You know, I'm just going to kind of just do my own thing. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to go and just kind of go to work. I'm going to, you know, take care of my family, all these different things, and not see God and just kind of do what we think is right in that moment and it's very easy to walk in that let's not forget the things that uh, the things that Satan does the things that are just very earthly very fleshly 
is things that, you know what, it has a good form of God. It has a good form of the Spirit. But what Satan does, he just comes and just perverts it just a little bit so that we're fulfilling the things of the flesh versus fulfilling the things of the Spirit. And so Paul is telling us here in this verse 17 that this is a constant war that we will continue to deal with in and through our lives. And he finishes off in verse 17. He says, so that because of this constant battle, you don't do the things that you wish to do. I know like for me, you know, I was thinking about this week. I had a long list as I was preparing for this and just going through my, my mind. I think about, uh, I have a, a friend of mine that lost his dad this week. And, uh, you know, I started thinking about my parents and uh, people that are around me of how I want to be in, in contact with them more throughout the week. I think about my children of how I want to be more involved in their everyday lives. Uh, I think about, you know what, I, I want to do this, 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 and this. And for my wife, I want to be able to do this, 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 whether it's things at home or it's things outside of the home. Uh, I think about wanting to be a friend even more to other people. And so as we, as we look at this, and it talks about this in verse 17, he goes, listen, well, there's a long list of things that we want to do. We have the, the good heart to do these things. But the only way we can truly fulfill these things is to be able to really walk in the Spirit, allow God to lead us, direct us in these things so that we can be the people that we need to be for other people, but we can also be the person, excuse me, that we need to be for other people, but also that we can just be doing the things that God is wanting us to do. We can't get outside of ourselves. We can't do more things uh, that that is uh, set out for us to do. We have to do the things that God is instructing us to do. Let's continue on in verse 18. He says, but if you are, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Right before we get out of this introduction part of it, I feel like it kind of takes a little di a different turn uh, of what we were speaking of, but I think it's very still, of course, relevant. Uh, it says, if you are not, it says, if you are led by the Spirit, it says you're not under the law. So he makes it a little more clear for us real quick. He says that if you are led by the Spirit, if you are led by the Spirit of God, you are no, you are no longer under the law. And so Paul, of course, has been talking about this over the last couple chapters. He's been talking about being, uh, not being, uh, uh, you know, all this pressure of the other religious leaders that were saying, yes, you can have a relationship with the Lord, but you still need to do things as far as taking part in the law. These Judaizers, had been, we've been seeing this over the last couple of chapters, how they've been putting this pressure on these new uh, Christians. And so Paul addressed this even again in this part of it. He says, if you're led by the Spirit and you're doing the things that God wants you to do, don't allow the law to be uh, 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 put this condemnation on you. But when I look at this, let's understand that when Jesus came, He didn't come to demolish the law. He didn't come to just destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law. He came to complete the law. The law was everything pointing to Christ. And so now that he comes and he fulfills the law, everything that the law was pointing towards, which was Jesus. And when Jesus comes, he completes the law. He fulfills the law. And so Paul is telling us in verse 8, listen, when you're led by the Spirit, now you're no longer under the law. Now, is the law still relevant for us in the Old Testament? Absolutely. But let's, not under, let's understand this. And I think we need to take it in this approach. And so when we look at verse 18, it says, listen, when you're led by the Spirit, you're no longer under the law. The law had all these different rules that we had to do 
If not, we were out of the will of God or we were outside of what God wanted for us. Now that we're in the spirit and we're doing the things of the spirit, let's take tithing, for example, or giving for, for an example. In the Old Testament, it told us that, you know what, in order for you to do right and follow God and God's instructions, that you are to give a tenth of your, of your earnings, of your belongings to the storehouse, to the church, basically back to God. And so for us, we say, you know what, I'm not under the law anymore. The Bible tells us those things. But for us that we're in the spirit, we don't have to give. It's a good measure for us. It's a good rule for us to be able to say, you know what, I'm not under the law. I'm really above it in Christ Jesus. And you know what? That is a standard for me to be able to set. But now in the spirit, I don't have to give. I get to give. I get to do these things in the spirit. I have the freedom, the liberty to be able to do those things and fulfill God's law in that way. It's not a, hey, if you don't do this, then this will happen. No, but now I get to do these things and really fulfill the things that God wants me to do. I hope that makes sense for us. And as we see this, Paul goes in a, he kind of takes it now in a different stretch and he goes into what are these works of the flesh? Let's detail these things out. Paul makes it a little bit clearer for us. And it kind of breaks it down into three different sections as far as these different kind of sins, kind of a kind of a sexual sins. Some are superstitious sins, social sins uh, that we look at. And I want to name them again. Verse 19, uh, 20 and 21 says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Which are, I mean, these are easily seen. He says the adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, these, you know, these sexual sins that, that are just the works of the flesh, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self, self, selfish ambitions, excuse me, dissensions, heresies. He says these things are just works of the flesh that are just so evident. It's, it's in our nature to fulfill these things. Verse 21 says envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. He says, listen, if I didn't name your sin basically here, you know, these, these selfish, just uh, self-fulfilled uh, uh, fleshly things that are happening in our lives. He talks about in 19, 20, and 21. He says, listen, uh, these things, these things like this, these are the works of the flesh. I don't think we really need a long um, uh, uh, definition or examples of this. I think we understand and know of where we are as far as the works of the flesh that we have in our, in our lives. But I want us to understand it here in verse 21 because I think it's very, uh, very, uh, very important for us to look at. He says, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's, you know, a lot of people can get in this works-based doctrine of, you know what, if I just do enough, one more good or just enough good things over bad things, then, you know, I'm going to be good before God. God surely is going to see just how I outweigh these things and then I, I do, again, more good than bad and I'll be okay. But the Bible's telling us here that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What he's saying is the people who practice such things. 
It's who they are. It's their nature. They can't help themselves. That's how they go through life. Is that that is their practice? Is that they're going out doing fulfilling the lust of the flesh? And he says those people do not have a relationship with me. They don't have my spirit inside of them to even help them, to instruct them, to guide them of how not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. These people, that is their practice. It's who they are. It says those will not enter into the kingdom of God. Now, I'm very thankful being in my home this morning that my two dogs outside and they may do it before the end of this message but they're usually out, outside barking especially if somebody pulls up they like to bark and we have to understand the reason I understand the reason that they bark is because they're dogs that's what dogs do they bark you know our we have two cats that are around here as well we're keeping them warm as well right now through this uh, storm and those cats they meow because they're cats that's what cats do and so right here when we look at this scripture and we understand this in the in the verse 21 the people who are do not have a relationship with God that they're fulfilling their flesh they're fulfilling the lusts and desires of their flesh it's because they're fleshly that is their nature that is what they do Dogs bark, cats meow. And people who do not have a relationship with God will not only not enter the kingdom of God, that's what it's showing us here, but this is the acts, this is the things that they practice. This is their nature. And so it tells us that in verse uh, 19, 20, and 21, he details out what these things are of the flesh. In verse 22, he moves on. He kind of looks at this in verse 22 and 23, and he really starts to give us the contrary. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit and the people who have a relationship with God, the people who are in, uh, have the Spirit of God inside of them, he says, for the fruit of the Spirit, when you have the Spirit of God, these are the things that will become evident. It's like that tree that is bearing fruit. It, the things that fall off of it is because it's an orange tree, oranges are going to produce from that tree and so it says that if you are you have the you are of the spirit then the fruit that's going to come out is love is joy is peace it's long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control and when he lists these things let, I mean, we could really go into detail. We could have done the same thing for the works of the flesh, but now talking about the fruit of the Spirit, we could really go into detail of all these things. But even, even when we take love, today's Valentine's Day, and you know, when it talks about that kind of love, you know, it's very difficult to continue to love a person that doesn't love you in return. It's very difficult. It, it's, I would think in the flesh it's almost impossible. And, you know, and I'm thankful for the love that, you know, that uh, we have with one another, whether it's with our spouse, whether it's with our children, or whether it's with uh, uh, friends or family uh, that we have. But normally the love that we experience is, you know what, I'm doing this for you, I love you, and in return you love me back, and vice versa. But the love that we're talking about here is this godly love that God, whenever he died on the cross for this entire world, there was people that he died for and loves that are never going to love him back in return. He has a love that is just unconditional love. 
And that's the kind of love that you and I should display. That's the kind of love, you know what, is the love that knowing that I'm going to love this person, knowing that the person will maybe not ever say thank you. Maybe that person will not even know uh, what I'm doing. You know, to be able to just give love or the Bible even says that when we're uh, when we're in the flesh and we're sinners, that we were enemies against God. We were we were rivals against God. And in that place, he still loved us. And so that is the things that he's talking about here. When we're disciplining this kind of fruit of the spirit, it's so much outside of ourselves. To be able to love like God loves, to, to have a joy inside of us that, that, you know what, when things are not going well, when, when, you know, real life circumstances are happening in our life, that we can still have a, a joy inside of us. We can still have the peace of God, knowing that God is still in control. As Brother Jake said earlier, just talking about that God is sovereign, God is in control, He's working things, these things out for us. And long suffering to know that, you know what, if things don't happen immediately, especially in our world, and how we like the microwave we like things that are happening right now fast food you know uh, getting in that chick-fil-a line and it's just happening now we can't wait anymore and so this long suffering is you know what god is long suffering not only is he patient with us but you know what for us to be able to to have that kind of long suffering with friends to have that kind of long suffering with people who don't know christ and to just be patient with them kindness to show kindness when people around us are not kind back to us to show this kind of goodness to be faithful even when others are not faithful God is still faithful to us and he goes on and on talk about gentleness and just having self-control because the flesh wants to go out against people wants to go out and say you know what vengeance is mine this person did this to me I'm going to come back and do this to this person and the Bible says that we're we're to have this self-control when I think of self-control I think about the high road. And you know, there's a lot, I think one of the toughest roads, and I say this very often to the people around me, the most, the, the most difficult road is taking the high road because you have to sacrifice so much in maybe saying something or not retaliating in such a way and to have this kind of self-control that is outside of us. All these things that we just named, I'm going to say it again, is so outside of our nature. It's so outside of who we are as far as the works of the flesh. But to really live in this place where, you know what, the only way that I can do this is I know myself. There's no way that I have this kind of power inside of me. It's the only way for me to fulfill and do these works of the Spirit, the, the fruit of the Spirit, is for me to have the Spirit of God inside of me. That's why it's so important. I want to say this before we go to our last little part. That's why it's so important that we understand very clear what verse 16 was talking about when, he said, when I said in verse 16, walk in the Spirit. And I said to you, we need to understand what it is to have a relationship with God. When you look at your testimony, and I said I've been a believer for a little over 30 years. I had to examine that many, many times because I was a young boy when I came to know the Lord. And when I started to experience the things of this life and the, and the real seeing the, the works of the flesh just started to make itself more and more strong and evident in my life. Whenever I was faced with those things as a teenage boy and as a young man, and when I was faced with the things of this world, did I have the Spirit of God inside of me to fight off those things? Did I have the Spirit of God? Did I have that power to be victorious in my everyday walk with the Lord. 
And uh, that's the only way for us to fight against these things and to be able to walk in the Spirit is if you have a personal relationship with God. And he says, and he finishes all verse 23, and he says, Against such there is no law. Talking about in verse 21 and 22. Or 22 and 23, excuse me. He says, Against such there is no law. I don't, it's, it's working in these things not because do this, do that, do this, do that. But it's because the Spirit of God is leading me. I get to do those things. I get to see how God works in and through my life to accomplish these things in other people's lives as well. Verse 24, 25, and 26 is kind of restating it and kind of giving our conclusion to this morning's message and to this chapter. He says in verse 24, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its desire with its passions and desires. And listen, let's uh, let's be very clear that this is a continual thing for us, the people who say they have a relationship with God. When we came to know the Lord, that moment of salvation, what, what did we do? We said, you know what, God, I know that I cannot do these things. I cannot uh, crucify my flesh. I cannot do these things. You have done it when you died on the cross for my sins. I enter into a relationship with you. You are the one that have crucified, put to death the flesh in my life. And so when we came to know Christ and now we are found under him, he is the one that has put to death these passions and desires in our lives. And if we don't constantly in our daily walk, as we're constantly walking in the Lord and trying to be led by the Spirit, it is a daily struggle for us to be able to die to our wants and desires, our fleshly nature, but now to be able to walk and be led by God. He says, listen, we've already crucified the flesh, that moment of salvation, and daily we have to continue to allow God to, be, to crucify our desires and our, uh, and our passions each and every day. And I say each and every day, we kind of like to try to hopefully start our day by, you know what, God, you lead me and guide me today. God, don't let me uh, do the things that I want to do because I know it'll lead me away from you. It'll get me in a mess. Um, but you know what? As we're going through our day, it should be our, our practice that we are allowing him to continue to mold us and guide us and not only die daily, but die throughout the day of our own desires and our own uh, selfish desires and our own passions. Continuing on, verse 25, it says, If we live in the Spirit, if we, if we have the Spirit of God inside of us, let us walk in the Spirit. It's almost like, it's almost like kind of saying, you know, duh, almost. You know, just kind of saying, well, of course. You know, surely if you're going to be a believer and you have the Spirit of God inside of you, you should be led by the Spirit. You need to walk in the Spirit, live by the Spirit. But many times we have this power, we have God inside of us, and we're not allowing Him to live His life through us. We're not getting the direction. We're not, we're not following in His footsteps of where He wants us to go and what He wants us to do. And so He tells us if we live in the Spirit, 
let us also walk in the Spirit, our daily walk in Him. Now, I love this in verse 20, 26 as we conclude. He says, when you're, you're led by the Spirit, you're not fulfilling the, you're not fulfilling the, uh, the lusts of the flesh. And He gives us a really, really great reminder. And, and I love this in verse 26. He talks, I think, I feel like he kind of talks about the church and he talks about, because he's talking to a group of believers. He's talking to people that are having to work with each other and having to be, uh, having to live their lives and, and, and walk together in the Lord uh, together. And he gives them some last minute instruction, I think, in verse 26. He says, let us not become conceited. You know, when we, and really kind of goes back to last week. You know, I was telling Brother Jake this past week, you know, I, I knew what the number was that we had, and, and, I, and, I'm, and I was so thankful. I said, you know what, we, I feel like we have some momentum now going into the next few weeks and the next few months. I'm very thankful for what God is doing. And you know what, it's good to celebrate. It's good to thank God for what He is doing, but to think that we're somebody in our Christian walk, whether personally or as a church, that you know what, you you know, I'm, I know what we're doing and what we're accomplishing. And any of that becomes our glory. Any of that becomes of look at what we have done and we're doing something great. And he says, be careful here in verse 26. Let us not become conceited. Let, let us not think just because we're walking in the spirit that we're doing things right. Understand when we're walking in the Spirit is because we're allowing God to do things right in and through our lives. He said, let us not be conceited. Let, let's, he says, provoking one another and envying one another to really, to really uh, be in a situation that's very in a, in a negative, that we're not encouraging one another in the Lord, but yet we're provoking one another. And he says, you know what, that's not what we should be doing. And that's that's the heart, I believe, of our church is, you know, when we, I said this many times, you know, Brother Jake and myself are, are, are leaders in, the, in our church that we, that we, we do talk about uh, one another. You know, it's not in such a way, I, I can't believe that, you know, that person is, is in, involved in this and they're doing that. It, it's really personal to us to say, you know what, what can we do to help? Uh, you know, how can we pray for that person? How can we really encourage them and lift them up? Because we want to see you walk in the Lord as God wants you to walk. We want to see maybe some of you this morning who've never entered into a personal relationship with the Lord and don't have that power to be able to walk in the Spirit of God. We want to encourage you in your walk. We don't want to provoke you or provoke one another and not encourage one another. And he says envying one another when people I was telling someone at work this week you know it's one thing to mourn with somebody the Bible tells us when they're mourning but also learning how to rejoice with someone who is rejoicing. And I was saying that to someone that was, and I wasn't even necessarily relating to the things that were so-called spiritual. But you know, I think we see this in the church more so than not, is that when someone is, is doing great in the Lord and really walking in the Spirit, we become envious of that person. Instead of, and it's so, it's so contrary to the things of God, how we should encourage one another, especially when we see people doing the things that they should do in the Lord, that we should be encouraging them and it should help us in our walk with the Lord versus us envying their walk. And so as we conclude this and as we see this, uh, I wanted this message, I wanted to say this from the beginning, I'm, now I'm glad I said it for the end, is that I wanted this to be a very practical message for us this morning. I believe it was really easy to follow through, I hope it was, and as we looked at this, that we would be able to just see and uh, see ourselves in this ver in these verses of how God is instructing us and telling us, listen, just 
walk in my spirit. Follow my leadership. Follow my guidance. I'm going to show you instead of us just going and doing the things that we want to do. Hear my instruction. Hear my guidance. And just follow after me. Fulfill the things that are in me and not what's in you. There's those dogs barking right now, so I think that's time to conclude. And so I just want to challenge you this morning. If you don't know what it is to have a personal relationship, if you don't know what it is to have entered in a personal relationship with the Lord, you can do that this morning. You don't have to be in a church building. You don't have to be uh, in, in a certain place or, or say a certain thing. It's a place of surrender. To know, you know what, I don't have the answers. There's no way that sinful me can enter into a personal relationship with God. But it's only found through His Son, Jesus Christ, and what God has done for us through His Son on the cross. He died for us. He loved us. That's why He died for us. And He gave us a free gift to enter into a personal relationship with Him. And that's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for that personal relationship that I don't have to try to live this life on my own. I can live it through God. He is the one that shows me and guides me and instructs me on how I are to live. And so I hope this morning that you would ask Him to save you. I would ask, I would, I hope that you would ask Him in your own words to enter into that relationship with God. Believers who Paul is writing to in this passage of Scripture and as we've been looking at so much. Believers, I want to encourage you. Look like Christ. Be an example to the people around you. Be an example, meaning that you are just doing what God is leading you and guiding you to do. I feel like many times when it comes to me personally and the people around me, we're losing. We're constantly losing the daily battle, the daily struggles with the people around us. And I hope and pray for our church family that we would just allow God to live His life through us. Let's pray this morning. Lord God, we love you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to have this time. I pray more than anything, Lord God, that my words were not heard, but rather your words. I pray, Lord God, uh, for this time, again, uh, that as people are examining their hearts and lives, that I pray many will trust you during this time. I pray, I pray for believers, Lord God, to not only they, have, they said they have trusted you in salvation, but that we, that they would trust you in their everyday lives. Again, Lord God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you so much, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.